You are listening to the Grace Church of Mapton podcast. This week's sermon by guest speaker Ralph Justiniano covers Luke 5, verses 3 through 7. Thanks for listening. Good morning. How are you guys doing? It is so good. For, I'm speaking for Joan. It's so good for me and Joan to be here. You guys are so special to us. We love you guys. And as Pastor was saying, uh, you've been behind us and connected with us for probably 30 years now. So praise God, amen? Uh, I, I have a lot to share, but before we do that, let's just commit this time to our Lord in prayer, is it okay? Father God, we thank you so much that, first of all, you love us. You loved us to the point that you gave us your Son, that he would be estranged from you so that our sins would be forgiven. Just an incredible love. We just thank you for that. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice to do that for us. We thank you, Lord, that we could gather this morning as brothers and sisters in you, Lord Jesus, having your love, that we can take this time to, to give to you all that is within us in praise and worship because you are worthy so thank you for that opportunity. Thank you for the chance for us to fellowship, to build one another up, to be family together. But I thank you especially, Lord, for the chance to share about you and all that you've done in Japan, Lord, around the world. But Lord, uh, we just want to celebrate you and your goodness, your love, your mercy, not just to us, for the, but the people that you use us to share the light with. So thank you for that. I just pray for this time, Lord, that you would use it to speak to each heart here, Lord, the message that you have for each one of us, Lord, and we just revel at the fact that you chose to reveal yourself to us, all your splendor, all your glory, and all your majesty. It's just it's thinking, it's, it's like drinking from a fire hose, Lord, just to, to take in all that you have for us. So, Lord, I pray that you would open up the eyes of our hearts this morning to see you, open up the ears of our hearts to hear you, open up our hearts that we might just soak in and, and receive and take all that you have for us, that we can just draw closer to, closer to you. We pray all this, Lord, that your glory would be seen in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, again, I just want to tell you how great, grateful we are to come back here. Uh, Joan and I, we are your missionaries to Japan. Uh, Japan's not just some place you give money to. You sent us there. So we just want to thank you for that, that we're partnered with you. Uh, we were here last three years ago, and so we're glad to be here now. Just a little bit of details. Uh, this lid keeps coming off, sorry. <laughs> Keep throwing around. Just a little bit of details. Um, we're here, we got here August 31st, we're here through March uh, in the States visiting uh, the people and uh, the churches that have partnered together with us to share just what God has been doing, all the great things. Then we head back again, March 2nd or March 3rd, uh, back to Japan for another term. So we're just wanting to share with you the greatness of God. And this morning, in particular, uh, a message, and it's, uh, this is something that the Lord just put on my heart. It's called uh, Beyond Human Ability. When I think about the, what Joan and I are, uh, are doing in Japan, we're ministering and trying to be light in a dark place. Japan is regarded by many as the hardest mission field in the world, and I'll 
give just a little bit of background. Um, there's a term called the unreached nations. It's nations that n have no viable witness for Christ within them. There is no church that can do the work of evangelizing its own people. Many nations like that around the world, and, and Japan, uh, out of all these unreached nations, has the highest rate of attrition, meaning missionaries come to Japan to share the gospel, but for one reason or another, go back, whatever their reason might be. And that's, I share that with you just as a praise to God that here we are 28 years later after going and God has just kept us going and made us excited and we're going back in March for more. But anyway, uh, in the midst of that, he's taught us a lot of lessons. And that's what I want to share with you this morning, some of the most important lessons. How do you reach a people that's 99.6% unsaved, has a completely different Worldview. Worldview is, is something that you have that determines everything you determine in your life. It has a completely different worldview. And you talk about Jesus and they have no idea what you're talking about. How do you do that? Well, here are some of the, uh, just two principles this morning. Try to keep it simple. Two principles that God has used in our life about how to be used by God. And not just to share the gospel, but ourselves to be in that culture and thrive and have a, a thriving relationship with Jesus. Uh, the text, thank you for reading that this morning. That's the main text. And I, I want to look at that again. And there's one principle throughout this whole thing, maybe from our 28 years, that God has put on our hearts and this is the principle that he says. It's God wants to accomplish in and through us things that are well beyond our human ability. How do two of us share the gospel with 126 million people who don't even want to hear the gospel? That's not humanly possible. And yet God has chose to send us there and has used us to, to share his light. But that's, that's hopefully something that you can take with you this, with you this morning. God wants to accomplish things in and through you that are way beyond what you're able to do yourself. Praise God, amen? amen. Let's look at the passage again. And this is a um, little bit of background. Jesus was preaching the gospel all around uh, Galilee and, and Judea and uh, really becoming very popular because the message that people were hearing was just coming with power and he's using miracles and signs and people just flock to hear him. Well, in the midst of that, sometimes they, they would follow him around and, and just waiting for the next message. And in the midst of that, he comes to uh, the boat that Simon, Peter, what Simon called Simon at this time, they had been out fishing and he gets out into this boat and he says, put out into the water and he's going to preach from the boat. Probably he's been so crowded that the crowds would have pushed him into the lake if he hadn't done that. So that's the setting. But let's look again. He said, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. Now when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it's deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. But this time their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. I, I want to focus on a couple of things here. Uh, how many people here like to fish? How many of you are like, oh, wow, lots of you. I love to fish. Um, I don't have my own boat. 
But when I go out to Okinawa, which is my favorite place to go fish, my friend Kumio, he, he grew up on this island, he's got his own boat, and he takes me out on his boat to fish, and I just, I love that. Now, he, uh, recently he shared with me something from a boat owner's perspective that I want to share with you. He says, he says, yeah, Ralph, I love to take people out fishing, but he says, you know what's really annoying, though, is when I take people out fishing, they come into my boat, into my waters, and try to tell me where to catch fish. It's like, wait a second, it's my boat, I grew up here, I know these waters, and they're trying to tell me where to fish. Ever since he told me that, I've never asked him to take me anyplace specific. I said, I'll leave it with you. But just to think about this, first of all, Jesus goes into Simon's boat, okay? It's his boat. Now, Jesus, was he a fisherman? No, he was a carpenter's son. Maybe he was a carpenter himself. He's not a fisherman. So he goes into Simon's boat, Simon's a professional fisherman, and he says, now go out to the waters. I want us to think a little bit about Simon's perspective. It's like, wait a second, this is my boat. I'm a fisherman, you're not. And you want me to go out into the deeper waters? Well, I, we were there all last night, and we didn't catch a thing. Now, the one thing about fishermen, too, with their own boats, I'm amazed at some of these guys, how much they know about the ocean. Like, I go out with Kumio, and he goes, oh, yeah, Ralph, see, there's the current line right there. This current's going this way, and this one's going there. I'm going, I don't see anything. <laughs> he can see it. And he says, oh, yeah, well, you know, the moon phase. He's talking about moon phase. Well, what was it last night? Well, I'm saying the moon phase. What's that? <laughs> Where the moon was last night has something to do with whether the fish are going to get caught or not. And he's talking about you got these surface temperatures here. It's like the guy is so smart. And that's what some of these guys, the, he, he grew up on this, the, on this island, he knows how to fish there. But, but that's probably what Simon Peter was like too, if you think about it. It was his job to catch fish. So Jesus gets into his boat, his boat, and says, now go out to the deeper waters. And Simon's thinking, okay, you're not a fisherman, and I am. And then he says, go out to the to deep waters. And Simon says, we've already done that. Now, you might think that Simon's going, oh, Jesus, you know, I love your Bible teaching, but let leave the fishing to me, okay? He might have said that, but he didn't. And, and the thing that he says next to me is so key. And this has so much to do with us sharing the gospel in Japan and all of you and anything in life here, right here as well, too, in Mapton. But look what he says. If you say so, let's stop right there. That's, to me, such an important key. In all his abilities, he said, yeah, well, we're not going out there. We're just going to limit our losses, get back to the shore, wash our nets. That's what we do when you don't catch anything all night. But Jesus said, go out there, and his response is a response of faith. Amen? He says, okay, I'm going to take all my knowledge about the oceans and the currents and the moon phase and all of that uh, and just say, wait a second, Jesus, you said go out. Since you say so, I'll do it. That's like gold, isn't it? That's faith right there, amen? It's that kind of faith that I believe when we're out, whether you're in Japan trying to share the gospel, whether you're in Mabton trying to share God, it doesn't matter. That's the key right there for us to be able to be used by God. That's the key to be in a place where God says, I want to do things in and through you that you're not able to do yourself. Here's Peter, the professional fisherman, Works all night, didn't catch a thing. In all his expertise, he was not able to catch fish. 
And yet, because he said, if you say so, he goes out there and what happens? He catches more fish than he's ever caught in his life, most likely, right? And that's just being put in a place where God was able to do in him and through him things he couldn't do by himself. And I just love that. Now, the last part, too. I just noticed this, actually, a couple nights ago when I was looking over this passage again. Both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. Now, just a little bit of thing. Sometimes I look at boats, I dream, I go, oh, I want to buy this fishing boat or that fishing boat. And Joan just goes, no, no, no. <laughs> but when you look at boats... They tell you the size of the boat. They tell you the motor that's going to go in it. And they tell you how many people it'll fit. But you know what they don't tell you? How much fish you can put on the boat. Isn't that interesting? It doesn't tell you, oh, you can put 1,000 pounds of fish on this boat. It's because they don't figure you're not going to catch 1,000 pounds of fish. But I looked at that and I thought, wait a second. They caught so many fish that they had to have two boats and even with two boats, it was more fish than they could, they could possibly hold that they, both boats were starting to sink. What does Ephesians 3.20 say? Is God does exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. Amen? Jesus didn't say, yeah, I'm going to help you catch a few fish. He says, yeah, you want to see a few fish? Here's a few fish. And more than he'd ever caught, more than even the boat builders had built into the plans for their boats. And that was God's answer. And I just think, wow, this is it. This is such a great picture of how God works. If we'll but put our place, as Peter did, and say, if you say so. That's the faith. He says, okay, that's all I was waiting for. Here you go. And, you know, I think, of, I think about that in a gospel context as well. And um, Joan... We've been praying for Joan's parents to be saved. Her dad's 92, and her mom, his, her mom was one year older. And, and Joan came to faith at, how many years ago now? At, tw at 21. So for all that time when she came to faith, her family wasn't saved. But she's been praying for her parents. And, and we tried to share the gospel with them. And, you know... We share the gospel with them, and, and oh, yeah, okay, well, that's enough. We don't want to hear that anymore, kind of a thing. They weren't, they weren't re rejecting it, but they were just being very clear. Yeah, that's okay for you guys, not for us. And so, and I just love the, the commitment Joan has to her parents. And so if you look in the, in, the, in the gospel of John in chapter 6, verse 40, Jesus says that no one can come to me lest the Father draw them. You know, it doesn't matter how many different kinds of methods we have to share the gospel and how many books we read on evangelism. To me, that's such an important truth. No one comes to the Father, to Jesus, lest the Father draw them. And so that's how Joan and I would pray for her parents. God, draw Joan's parents to faith. Draw, draw Joan's dad to faith. Draw Joan's mom to faith. And, and, and then we also prayed, as Paul said, give me an open door for the gospel. And I still remember, you know, this, this, this is like about a year and a half now. It was a Christmas a year ago, and we were in Florida with her parents, and, and, and we had just been praying, give us a door for the gospel. And, and I remember we're in front of their house, and um, 
just how we're, we, have, we have, our kids, by the way, you guys asked about our kids. We have four kids, and we have five grandkids, and the sixth one on the way. Praise God for them. But one time, so this time we were out in the front yard, and, and one of our daughters had their three boys, and we're out playing with them in the yard and, and just having fun. And Joan's mom comes out of the house into the driveway and just says, hey, what are you doing? And I'm thinking, oh, wait a second. I've been praying for an open door to share the gospel with Joan's mom. And, and, and I just heard the Lord say, this is it. This is it right here. So I said, yeah, yeah, we're out here playing. And, and, and I was just sharing w- with Joan's mom. You know, so many ways that God blesses. Isn't that great how God blesses us? She said, well, yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, you know what? God wants to bless you too. Isn't that great? Wouldn't you want to just have all the blessings of the Lord? Oh, yeah, yeah. And just, I just started sharing the gospel with her right there in the driveway. And I said, you know, God can give you the, the biggest blessing ever, and that's just life with him eternally. And, and it, all you need to do is just ask him for it. And, and I said, wouldn't you like to do that? She said, yeah, I think I would. And I just remember right there in the driveway in front of their house at 91 years old, she prayed and received Jesus, Lord and Savior. Praise God, Amen. And I think about that, wow, how many times have we been praying for people and just think, oh, man, oh, man, they're never going to get saved. Do you ever meet someone like that? Oh, that guy, you'll never get saved. Well, that's probably the one that God's going to save through you. But I look at that, again, it's this whole principle, if you say so. And I remember she comes out of that driveway, and I heard the Lord said, this is your chance right now. And, and I shared the gospel with her, and she came to faith. It was a most beautiful moment ever. My daughter was there watching all this, and, and after Joan's mom came to faith, she comes up to me and says, wow, that was a pretty cool moment <laughs> because we have a pretty cool God. Amen? I just want to keep on going here again. God wants to do in and through us things that are well beyond human ability. And here I've, I've just highlighted the God part because I didn't lead her to faith. God led her to faith. Amen? It's God who does these things. We're just vessels for his use. We just need to be fit vessels that he can use. Amen? Now, I want us to keep going here, too. When Peter went out on that lake, and he caught all those fish, just an amazing amount of fish, God says in his word that he had prepared Peter to do that. Let's look at this. One of my favorite verses Ephesians 2.10, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Isn't that great? When we wake up every morning, God has prepared something for us to do that's incredible. But so many times, we're not ever looking for it. (laughs) It's a crazy thing. When I look at this, again, it's that same principle. We don't do the work. We don't do all this miraculous stuff. Like Peter, he couldn't catch any fish. And yet when he did what Jesus said and said, if you say so, and he went out there, this is what happened. He did the good work that God had already prepared beforehand. God had brought all this fish to move into that section right into those deep waters so Peter could go there, throw his nets down, and catch them all. God did that. And that's so great. It, it, it just takes the burden away from us. How do you lead 126 million Japanese to faith when they don't even want to hear the gospel? Well, it isn't us. Praise God. It's him the one that does it. Amen? Anyway, those are just some of the things. And I I just want to share some of these stories. And I shared some of this in the Sunday school. But here's a man named Shindy. 
Japanese businessman, Buddhist guy. Japanese businessmen are one of the hardest target groups to reach in Japan. One of the reasons why is they're not even available. They work so much overtime, <laughs> you can't even meet with them. And when you can meet with them, they're either so tired they don't want to meet with you, or it's, one there, it's their one day off, they're going to go play golf. <laughs> Very hard to reach Japanese businessmen. Here is Shinri, Japanese businessman, and he's, he's at this home of someone who had come to faith through our Bible study, our restaurant Bible study. His wife, Keiko, came to faith through our restaurant Bible study, and she ends up starting a Bible study in her home. And here's Shinri, just kind of lurking around. And this is where God said to me, connect with him. Build a relationship with him. Because he's there where you can't even meet Japanese businesses to begin with, but he's there. So just connect with him. And, and, and I was able to connect with him through different things that led to a Bible study that he attended. And here's a Japanese Buddhist businessman through the Bible sitting, study saying, I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. And... and, and here it is again right here. This was so great to see him come to faith and totally transformed. His wife said, I can't believe the transformation of my husband. There it is. I didn't lead him to faith, did I? No, but God said, build a relationship with him. And I said, if you say so. And there it is. A haul of fish, way greater than a haul of fish because here's a guy who's in, in heaven for all of eternity. Praise God, amen? Here's another story here. Here's a guy. Kotaro. Uh, when I first met him, he was a college student, Buddhist guy, had zero interest in Christ, none. Uh, but he was uh, his 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 girlfriend was in our church, and uh, that's part of God's providence as well too. And and so I got to meet him, and 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 re and he said that yeah, he was willing to do a couple of Bible studies. And um, real smart guy, loves history. And the Bible study, he said, here's my hang-up about Christianity. I've read about the Crusades. And he says, if that's what Christianity is all about, I don't want to have anything to do with it. And I said, okay, we got a hard one here, <laughs> okay. And actually, I had I'd never done um, in-depth research on the Crusades myself at that point, but God says, research it, do it. And I said, okay. And so I did a lot of research on the Crusades, brought that into a Bible study, and he agreed to be in the Bible study, and he, and he was part of it. And he said, okay, I get this. And he says, all right, that's not a problem now. I said, all right, what else do you want to study? And he told me all these different things he wanted to study, and, and they were hard subjects. And I knew I'd have a lot of time I had to invest into doing these Bible studies for him. You know what God said to me? He says, yeah, you're busy. You got this responsibility and this responsibility and this responsibility. But he said, this is priority number one. You divide your time to this guy right here. And I still remember thinking, oh, man, all these people are going to be mad at me for all the stuff I'm not doing so I can do this Bible study. But Jesus said, do it. And so I poured my time and attention to these Bible studies. And I remember people saying to me, Ralph, I'm waiting on this. Ralph, I'm waiting on that. And people saying, you're not doing your job, Ralph. And I said, well, you know what? God said, pour my life into this guy. And after five Bible studies, this is two weeks ago now, after five Bible studies with him, we're, we're at an airport in Frankfurt, Germany, flying up to Istanbul like two weeks ago. I get a text from his girlfriend. It says, Ralph, I just prayed with Kotaro, and he just received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Praise God, amen? Amen, yes. All of this is to say, man, oh, man, the most important thing is those, that little phrase that Peter said, 
if you say so. That's faith, right? God said it, I'm doing it. No questions asked. I might have to pay for this, but God said do it, so this has got to be the best thing I can do. And sometimes we have to make sacrifices, right? I did not like other people saying, Ralph, you're not doing your job, or Ralph, where's this report, where's that report? I didn't like that. I like to have all those things handed in. But in order to get the Bible studies done with Kotoro, I had to just say, sorry. <laughs> Another great thing, he comes to faith, and all these people who were mad at me goes, oh, yeah, no problem, we got it done anyway. So it's like, ah, oh, thank you, God. There's one more thing, too, that I, I want to get into. It's not, it's not just the fact of uh, our faith in God, how God works through him. It's really, a, it's some, some of the question is, how do we know what Jesus is telling us to do? It's like Peter, he was right there, and Jesus said to him, right to his face, put your boat out to the deeper seas and let your nets down. So he could hear that, right? Right? That's pretty easy. Well, what about us? Jesus isn't right in front of us. He's not there saying go out to the, uh, to, to the deeper seas. How do we discern what he's trying to tell us so we can obey? That's a big question, isn't it? I just want to look at a couple of keys because he's really blessed me with some of these. Here's John 10, 27. It says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Real important point number one, we can hear the voice of Jesus. Amen? It's written right up there. Can we hear the voice of Jesus? Yes. Amen. Is it with these ears? No, it's not. <laughs> it's with these ears, right? It's with the ears of our heart. But that's the most important thing to realize. We can hear the voice of Jesus. Now, we can hear the voice of Jesus, but every time we feel a leading, is that the voice of Jesus? Probably not. <laughs> How many times has someone said, oh, God's telling me to do this, and they do this, and you're going, that's ridiculous. There's no way God told you to do that. Because <laughs> it, it directly contradicts Scripture. There's no way that that person was listening to God. So we need to determine, how can we discern the voices? Because there's a lot of voices, right? There's voices in our own head. There's voices from God. There's voices from the world. How do we know what the voice of Jesus is? And he gives us a clue. Here's, here's one of them. Those who accept my commandments and obey them, they are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. It starts with the word of God, doesn't it? It says right here, those who accept my commandments and obey them. So in a sense, God's already shown us his will. It's in the word of God. There's so many commands in there. And when our faith says, if it's written there, I'm doing it, <laughs> then that's the obedience, right? That's the part. When we start obeying God, then he says, okay, now let me tell you in particular what this means. And that's the whole part there. And he says, I will love and reveal myself to each of them. Um, I'm not sure if I have, okay, no, I don't here, okay. And this is the same way with my friend Kumio. So many times it's like, okay, do I go to Okinawa to go visit him? Do I not go to Okinawa? If I go to Okinawa, do I go visit him and go fishing or do I meet with other people? Those things aren't written in the word of God, right? So we need to ask and say, Jesus, tell me what to do. And with the expectation that we can hear him. And then when we start to do it, then he reveals himself, no, that wasn't right. Try again. <laughs> or, yes, that's right. And, and, and I shared this in the Sunday school class. The last trip to, to meet with my friend Kumio, it was pouring rain. And we're supposed to go fishing. 
And, and the weather report says the next day it's pouring rain all day long. And, and I felt like saying, oh, Kumia, this is, this is crazy. We shouldn't even go out in the water. It's, 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 it's too dangerous. But I said, Jesus, what do you want me to do? And he says, go. <laughs> he says, go to, the, go to the harbor. So I said, okay, you said so. And Kumio said the same thing. He said, yeah, let's just go to harbor and see what it's like in the morning. We go out to the harbor. It's not raining. I'm going, okay, now what, Jesus? <laughs> he says, now pray with him. I said, okay, Kumio, let's pray that we give us good weather all day long and God helps us catch fish. And goes, okay, you pray. So we're actually holding hands like this. We're arm in arm and we're praying, God, please continue this good weather and please give us good fish. Amen. And he says, yeah, amen. And we go out in the water. All around us, it's pouring rain, but not above us. Above us, it's clear, no rain. God says, I told you, just do what I say, and I'll take care of things. No rain. We catch a ton of fish. We go back to, to eat, eat dinner, and I shared this in the last hour. We go back to eat dinner and, and eat these fish we caught, and, and his unsaved wife, Buddhist wife, and Buddhist kids are there having dinner with us, and he says to them, you wouldn't believe what happened this morning. It was supposed to rain all day, but Ralph prayed that it wouldn't rain, and it didn't rain. And Ralph prayed that we'd catch all these fish, and look at all these fish we catch. He's sharing the gospel with his unsaved wife. He's not even saved yet. Praise God, amen? And that, to me, is God doing in and through us things that we do not have the ability to do. Praise his name. So I just want to, I just want to put a couple of things before you right now. Um, it starts with obeying the word of God, and it starts with this foundation that we need to have in our lives. What is the most important commandment in all the scriptures? It's what's written here. Let's read this. One of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this, listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other command is greater than these. Um, I think in the last Sunday school hour, someone asked me, well, what's, what's, the key? You know, what's the key to reaching the Japanese? This is it right here, isn't it? It's just obedience. God is telling us, here's the number one thing you can do. Love God, love people. That's the foundation. And I just remember even just planning these trips like to Okinawa. I mean, it's a, it's a long trip over there. It takes a lot of planning. It costs a lot of money and just these flights and all the thing. But God, God just says, wait a second. The command, the foundation of your life, the priority of life, love me, obey me, and love people. Those people in Okinawa, they don't know me. How do you show them love? Go. So I look at this, and the foundation of our lives needs to be love God, love people. That's where it starts, right? And then beyond that, oh, here's Kumio right here. I'm sorry, I had these pictures. Here's Kumio, and this is when he shared the gospel with his wife right here. Here's, here's building relationships with his kids. And I want to close with a few questions, and, and just to prompt your thinking right now. And just to help you process, because you're like Peter, right? You're out on this ocean. Some days you catch nothing, right? Some days you do all you can. You use all your, your, your skills and everything you have, and you catch nothing. Now, I don't know how that equates in your own life, whether it's relationships with your family, it's relationships with work, whatever that is. 
But I want us to think about the question. What is the foundation? What do we give ourselves to every day? When you wake up in the morning, what is the thought that comes into your head? What must I do today? I hope it's this. God wants me to love people. And he wants me to love, make that a priority in, in my life. So if it starts there, this is what he says. He says, those who accept my commandments and obey them, they are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them and I will reveal them, love them and reveal myself to them. Anybody seen Jesus lately? I don't mean in person with these eyes. I mean, have you seen the hand of God at work lately? Isn't that great? That's what he means when he says, I will reveal myself to you. And what does it take? It, start, it takes with this attitude that says, this heart that says, all right, the most important thing is to love God and love people. Now I'm going to listen for God's voice and see what he says. And whatever he says, I'll be like Peter and says, if you say so, I'll do it. And if we do that, what does he say right here? I will show myself to you. To Peter, it was a whole bunch of fish. To me, it was Shinri coming to faith. It was Joan's mom coming to faith. It was Kotaro coming to faith. And I'm going to pray right now. I hope you pray with me that the next time I'm here, I can say, hey, guess who came to faith? Kumio and his wife and family. Wouldn't that be great? But I look at this and I think, here it is right here. If our hearts are to say, I want to love God and love people. If we wake up in the morning and say, this is my priority for the day, love God and love people. Now I'm going to listen for Jesus' voice. Which people, who and when and how? And I hope we put this, this promise in our pocket that if we do that, Jesus will reveal himself to us. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much that you do exceeding abundantly more than we ask or think, that you desire to do in us and through us things that we cannot do by ourselves. We have no ability, humanly speaking, of doing. But you want to do that. You want to work in our hearts and our lives to transform us from the inside out, to make us more like you. We can't do that by ourselves, but you want to do it in us. That's amazing. Thank you. Lord, I pray that you will... Just make as a priority of our life, as soon as we wake up every morning, that we want to love you and we want to love people around us. Lord, I pray that you will give us hearts to search for your voice to see who it is and when it is and how it is. And Lord, you tell us that when we obey those things, you will show yourself to us. I pray that each person right here, Lord, will just see anew you, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to them. Maybe even someone here doesn't even know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that you would give that seed of faith that says, Lord, show yourself to me. And Lord, I pray that you would show yourself to them that they would realize, like Kotaro, that God, you are real. You are the real thing. I want you. I pray that you would work that in any heart today, right now, that needs that. And Lord, for all those who already follow you, I pray, Lord, that you will just renew in our hearts just a priority, a passion in life to love you and to love the people around us. I pray that you would give us the faith of Peter that says, if you say so, even if it doesn't make sense, but if you say so, Lord, I'll do it because you said so. I pray that you would give us that faith. And I pray, Lord, that starting today and every day that each person here, you would show yourself to them. Maybe not with their physical eyes, but with the eyes of the heart that they can say, Lord, I see you. That, you did that. That was your hand at work. Praise your name. 
that that would just invigorate us and just give us a passion for life to see your hand at work. Thank you for this, and I pray all of this, Lord Jesus, to your glory and your powerful name. Amen. This has been a podcast from Grace Church of Mabton. For more information, visit our website at mabtongbc.org.